It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Leads That Podcast. What? I was going to say it's about time really, isn't it? Yeah, I'd say leave that in. Leave that in. I'm joined by James who's basically called ourselves out for having a bit of a holiday, I guess. It was extended, wasn't it? We were on holiday. A few games happened. You were on You were on a... You, oh yeah, you sent a photo on a, a cruise ship. It looks very yeah. nice. Where were you? In the Bay of Biscay. Oh, very nice distant memory now but it it was lovely it was lovely i was in the bay of brecon beacons (laughs) (sighs) i was in wales when we signed dan james so that was nice it was a sign it was a sign i was delighted i think he's only ever been to wales for to play for wales that's harsh paul well yeah east yorkshire you've got a wrong. welsh passport you can't say he's got a welsh passport that ain't the thing <laughs> we all got a welsh passport from the east riding of wales <laughs> very very east wales hull we could say the same about liam cooper though yeah exactly he's from the very very south of scotland hull hull <laughs> Yeah, so since we last did a podcast, we've... Hang on, hang on a minute. Do you think we're on something there? They like they, they live in Hull, therefore they think, oh, there's no way I want to be associated with England. They think England stops at Hull, so they're like, get me out of this country, Wales. Maybe, and obviously Northern Ireland for Stuart Dallas, who's from Leeds. So, yeah, we've missed a lot. To recap what we've missed, and then we'll have a chat about all of it, we have missed a League Cup demolition of crew, which was our only game that we've won so far this season. I'm going to be upbeat in this podcast, don't worry. And we've missed a 1-1 demolition of uh, Burnley and a signing of Dan James and an international break. And then basically what they've admitted is, well, they haven't admitted it yet, but they probably will. Five sending 
Pascal strike off the other day, they didn't give us a fair crack at beating Liverpool. So that game's null and void. And then, yeah, here we are. Oh, and we got a lilac shirt. Podcast done. Stop recording. No, that's the. That's, see you. See you in another six months. That's that was what's to come. So I didn't get to any of those fixtures, which is incredibly poor. So I think we're really good because we just played Everton and, and drew against a top Everton team in my mind. So tell me about the crew game. Played a strong team. I know it was a while ago. We've got a away fixture at Fulham coming up uh, next this time next week. Overall on the evening, did, were you frustrated? You know, obviously job done in the end. It was 70 minutes of us knocking on the door heavily, hammering on the door, I'd say. And then we finally uh, yeah, started to score. When Patrick came on, actually, Bamford had a, had a great had a great appearance in that match. But the thing I really enjoyed that night was being able to get to the front of the barque relatively quickly upstairs in, in the cop. After everything that you'd said, Paul, I had a great experience there. Got a pie and Coke within a minute, I would say. That's really good. Did did you encounter a lady going, next? No, I didn't didn't see the next lady. But I think what it was was that a lot of I don't I don't think a lot of season ticket holders actually opted in for that game. So there's a, quite a lot of people around me who were just there um who okay. wouldn't usually be. So I don't know whether they just weren't using that bar or whatever. But yeah, it was it was a good night. It was the first time I'd been um been at Ellen Road under floodlights since they installed the floodlights. And there was new it felt like new lighting as sort of an aura in the stands as well. So it felt different to to usual night matches just because it actually looked different. So yeah, it was nice. It was nice to be there on a night actually. I missed it. On to the next one. Fulham, potentially a winnable fixture against lower league opposition, but equally they're going to be well up for it, aren't they? And they will think that is a scalpable fixture. We've still got the London curse, haven't we? So no, we ended it against Fulham. Yeah, I don't believe it's. Uh, I don't believe it's ever ended. I think it'll just start again. You're saying one win doesn't end a curse? No. Okay. Um. Then, <laughs> then we went on holiday, and we both said let's do Burnley somehow, but. I was at sea on, on sea Wi-Fi. And do you know how I watched the Burnley game? Um, through a medium. Yes. And do you know what the medium was called? Uh, Mystic Meg. No, Andy. <laughs> I rang Andy and he held the phone towards the telly. <laughs> I've done that for him before. And it was uber pixelated. And all I saw was some imagery and then Chris Wood running away towards the corner flag. Uh. And it was like, I couldn't see the ball. I just like, oh, might have cleared it. No, he's have running you, away to the corner. Like, have you watched any of that game back? I mean, yeah, it was a, any any Leeds fan will tell you it was an awful, frustrating game. And Ashley Barnes is one of the most infuriating people I've ever seen on a football pitch in my life. And how he wasn't sent off still baffles me to this day. I saw a lot of the game at the time. And bits that I saw back were all the dirty tackles. And they were horrendous. But Burnley have a certain way of going about things. And you can't really say they're really, really good at it because they're, they're lower than us this season, which is uh, really useful because it keeps us out of the bottom three. It's also a task to be that low at the moment. Yeah, it's almost impossible if Norwich didn't exist. Well, the Ashley Barnes comment as well is kind of apt because we'll go on to uh, the Liverpool chat in a bit. But, you know, I think he was on a yellow card. He made that really high aggressive challenge on Dallas that was easily a yellow card, if not a sending off. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the referee's doing in that situation to not give anything. But yeah, like I said before, it just baffles me. It, it baffled me then and it baffles me now. Well, I don't want to sit here 
and Tot. Oh, sorry. I've got Sky Sports News on in the background and it's showing highlights of Bob versus QPR. And the QPR guy has just, uh, he's gone out for a throw in. The other guy's pushed him. And then he's, so he's just kicked him. <laughs> they clear off. But the, the no, I don't want to sit and talk about VR all night, but the inconsistencies that remain within the game, despite VAR, they should surely, if someone's paid to be in a VAR position, they should be able to interject to the referee as much as the referee doing it, saying, can you check that for me? And I think they are. But the communication is shocking. It's just not working at all. Well, it, it becomes what it is at the minute. It's just an expensive piece of shit, really. <laughs> <laughs> It is, isn't it? It's, you know, it's it's like it's it's expensive. Like Bryn said, um, Bryn Law, when we interviewed him uh, a couple of seasons ago, you know, he said that the chance of them going back on it is nearly impossible because they've invested so much in it financially, time, resources, etc. But at the minute, it's pointless when it's when it's that inconsistent. It, there's there's not really a reason for it. But it it works so well in the Euros. Yeah, it did, and I don't know what the difference is. What is the difference there? I, d- I have no idea. I, I think that there must be an answer to that. I guess the Euros was UEFA interpretation of of which you had a pool of referees, and this is solely the Premier League interpretation with the FA officials working together but it just isn't working we'll get back to that eventually ultimately what I really wanted to say to people was uh, point gained wasn't it Burnley I would say point gained for definite and no one else is bothering to have this conversation with us to argue that at the moment so uh... (laughs) you'll have to go back to uh, listen to a previous podcast well to get Paul's reference yeah I mean if you'd like to hear people argue with me about whether it's point gained or point dropped go to Pris Preston away. <laughs> There's a good one. Point gained. Uh, yeah. So we we moved on from Burnley quite swiftly because. Well, it... Sorry, when the when you say point gained as well, one of the things that just happened before, sorry, happened just before Bamford poked in the back of the net was that beautiful little shift and shimmy past Charlie Taylor by Rafinha to pass it in the box. And I think there was a oh, there was a moment for us all to be happy about there. If we get relegated this season, and I don't think that we will, I will be forever grateful that our manager is a hero and isn't Sean Dyke because he, sh- he showed a lack of class. And this is something that Marcelo would never, ever, ever do. But I can't remember the exact phrase now because it's been a couple of weeks. But he said something, a scruffy, that was it, scruffy goal, scruffy goal. We'd all take a scruffy goal. They got a scruffy goal. It's like, just give it a rest. Have you ever heard Marcelo be able to come out and talk <laughs> well, about, like, well, uh, yeah, you know, the opponent's but, got a scruffy equaliser. But but that's, it was an emulation of their goal. It looked and was, it was exactly the yeah. same. Their goal pinged around in the box. He's kicked it. Like a dead, dead lucky, dead lucky, spawny. But our manager is never coming out and saying that kind of garbage. So let's hope we never get into a position where we're Sean Dyche in it. That's my Sean Dyche. It was, it was quite good. I think there's another highly successful podcast that does uh, a bit more of a Sean <laughs> oh, yeah. Dyche for for, yeah, for, for far longer than that. Go, However, go, go! Check out Michael Norman's impression of Sean Dyche on the Square Ball podcast. We like Square. Ball. No, I'm not hiding it. I love the square ball. Michael Normanton's, I don't know how he does it. I, but do you know what I think when I listen to it? Ian talking tomorrow, he's losing his voice doing that because it's horrific. It must 
kill his throat. Honey and lemon afterwards. Um, yeah, so then the next day, we signed Dan James, and we offloaded Helder Costa. We no longer Helder Costa. <laughs> oh, I know. He's fully decaffeinated. Yeah, but two, two big bits of business there. Is that an upgrade for us? Does that upgrade our option? Yes. Right, on to the next thing. Uh, why? I, why does it upgrade our option? I was very pleased when we signed Dun James because obviously Bielsa's wanted him for such a long time and there must be a reason for that. You know, there's there's others that he's he's looked at and gone back for. They've had a look at when there's been an option and they've they've just sort of walked away from it. But Dun James have consistently gone for him. So I think there's something in there that Bielsa sees that will fit and work within our team. For me, I think the big chip well there's two things really he's a much quicker attacker i think if he gets some confidence he'll just glide past players with ease but also he's so good at tracking back and defending which is i think some sometimes where it's where helder costa kind of let us down a bit was defensively we always looked weaker with him in the side when a team started to break down that that wing so I think, yeah, I think it's a great signing. I'm, I'm chuffed. I'm chuffed for him. I think, you know, he, he wanted to come to the club in the first place. And yeah, it's, it's good. It'll work out long run. Do you think he looked chuffed on the day he signed in his, in his images? It was, <laughs> I, I, Dan James here, just saying I. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like, I think he thought uh, he'd started several games for them at the start of the season. We'd all told him that he wasn't fit enough to play for Leeds and uh, which I know that he will have taken with the intentions it was uh, meant with which was yeah. hilarity exactly Obviously, people who t- I thought it was so funny when people were circulating that Leeds fans doing this it's like yeah it's ironic there's 3,000 of us sat there it's just the thing that you sing you don't actually mean it it's like I don't have anything else other than this song yeah, this is all I can do. All I can do is say something vaguely nasty to him that he knows isn't true. Because in two weeks' time, he's going to be modelling in a lead shirt again. Getting old Digital Wilson out with his big funny jokes on the Twitter. How do you feel about Dan James signing? I do. I agree with you. I think it's an upgrade. I think I, I just hope for him that he can mentally see it as not a defeat in his career because he's moved to a club that has a high stature in previous club he was at and he's moved to another club of a very very high stature but current moment is not in quite the same place we haven't qualified for european football this season for example so for some people externally that could be seen as a downgrade we would never feel that as a leeds fan however any other person on the planet would say that that's what it is i hope that he sees that there is enough in this in his career that he can achieve and feel fulfilled and that it's not a step down for him i think um that's is a really good point it does make me think you know he could have gone elsewhere if he wanted to he could have gone to a Champions League team. He could have held out to the, you know, maybe the January transfer window or whatever to get to get a move like that. So I think hats off to him really for thinking, do you know what? I just want to go somewhere where someone wants me and that I that I'm going to be playing or I've got a high likelihood of of playing. And it's that move is like so obvious for him that it's not really a step backwards either, is it? When you think if you looked at it financially, the deal is worth more than what Manchester paid for him. So in that respect, he's he's gone forward. But yeah, it's not it's not. A, I know what you're saying, but it's not a step backwards as well. I think it's a a good move for his career. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So we then moved on to the international break and several of the players were away um, on international duty. Matches Click wasn't one of them, which meant that he didn't get to play against England. Uh, Robin Cock is out injured as well. A new face in the international crowd, which seemed to be met with a lot of delight by his uh, colleague, Calvin, is Patrick Bamford. Hey, well done, Pat. Deserved call up. Oh, definitely. He's a, based on everything that he achieved last season. He he definitely deserved it. I think Dominic Calvert Lewin was probably a bit higher in the pecking order, and probably would have got that game. But he was injured, wasn't he? So yeah, I think he was a bit unfairly treated whilst he was away on international duty. To be honest, it, it was just I watched that game, and it was desperately unlucky because the way he plays with us. If you play a lone striker and you get no service whatsoever, you look like you're useless. And nobody sit, it, no, nobody, literally nobody sits looking along the line at the runs that the strike's making. Nobody watches that player. People just go judge them on any chances that they've had or a lack of chances that they've had and say that they're useless because they're watching the general play. They're watching who's got the ball at the time. They don't. People don't watch the off the ball stuff in quite the same way. You don't often. Ran. You don't really see it on TV as well, do you? I think no, exactly. Not. Think, I'm not saying that everybody's like inferior and has no, no knowledge of how to watch a game of football. But I do think that is that's part of the problem as well. Is that you have millions of people watching on on TV and they don't see the graft of a lot of players. You know, it, it happens to other players in games where. You know, like Declan Rice won game, like, and Calvin Phillips used to get it, didn't he, for England, where it's like, well, he does nothing. The amount of running and effort to defend and build attacks is just massive. 
And that's how these players get picked and continue to get picked when the fans are saying they've not done, even if you're in the ground, when you say our players have a run of not scoring or not making the impact that you think, they're doing other things that go unnoticed that the managers are asking them to do. So if they're doing everything that there's that has been asked of them, then they can't do any more. Elsewhere on international duty, Dan James got an assist late on for a late winner for Wales um, in a Gareth Bale hat-trick moment. So, yeah, all sorts going on, really. It's we've, We have a lot of involvement at international level now. Do you think Jack Harrison will ever get an international call? I don't know. We're, the England team is littered with a very good choice of attacking players, and I think he's probably a way off at the moment. But you never know. If he keeps improving, why not? I think some people may have said similar about Luke Alien at one point, but I think there's a, a lot of right backs that seem a way away in front of where uh, Luke Ayling is. And actually, Luke Ayling being called out a little bit, I've seen after the uh, Liverpool game. So there's a few people around me at the weekend that were moaning heavily about him so far this season, but I don't think I don't think it's down to him individually. I think we just haven't really been able to turn turn ourselves on yet. I would I would agree with that and I think it's partially the fixtures there seems to be a little bit of a confidence thing but talk to me about Sunday I didn't go to Sunday either I'm a part-time supporter is what they're called yeah but you went to GNR Guns and Roses no what I did was I got the day wrong and I turned up in Newcastle five days early so uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it another go on Friday night <laughs> yeah but yeah I I was uh, in in oh, I was up tune and because I'm a plodder, which is the official term. My start time was at twelve thirty, and I didn't finish in time to get back to to Leeds for the for the game. Paul ran the Great North Run. For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, well done, mate. Oh, thank you. It was a it was a really emotional, special special occasion to go and do that. So, is that the longest you've ever run? Oh yeah, by a long way. I uh, I I was, I was following a guy for a while that. Uh, his his running vest said, "If you are reading this, you didn't train either." <laughs> Which I thought I wanted to tell him that I had trained, but I couldn't catch him. So uh, it was <laughs> no. I, I never wanted to do the full distance. I wanted well, on the day I did, but in, in training. But yeah, so I, when I got to mile ten and it was three miles uphill into Newcastle, it was absolute agony. Yeah, but you went to the yeah. Uh, you went for another agonising experience at Ellen Road. So uh, what was going on? Well, first of all, it was absolutely incredible atmosphere. And uh, yeah, it was it was good. It was like being back in the old days in the Premier League, I suppose. And, you know, having a massive fixture and everyone been up for it and the crowd singing a lot. And uh, I think one of the things that was good before the game was free beer. What do you mean free beer? There was free beer. Why? Well, did you steal it? Did Andy steal it? What was going on? Well, there was some sort of company that were doing, uh, you know, register for, I think they're called Gather the Company, let's say. We'll give them a bit of publicity. And um, you register for the, the waiting list to join whatever it is. I think it's some sort of investment company. And they gave you a voucher for a free beer. You could take it to the bar and you could get a Strongbow or Foster's or whatever you liked. That's literally the only time in my life that there's been free beer at Ellen Road. Free beer, mate. Free beer, and you missed it. Yeah, and I was queuing f- for something else that was a first in my life. I had a shower in a service station. I've always thought when I when I see them, like, who uses them? <laughs> now I know. I 
I limped into the service station and a guy behind, like we kind of stopped because my, my three-year-old was, I was like, we've got to keep moving. And the guy behind had been running as well. He went, keep moving. I can't stop. I can't stop. And then he went past me and got to the only shower and used it before me. I like let him go past. So I had to, uh, anyway, yeah. So that's why I missed most of the game because the love, but they did say on the lovely, uh, 100% legal version of the game that I was watching in the first 10, 15 minutes. I managed to watch up to literally the minute before they scored. So I thought we looked all right. In my mind, it was nil-nil. Um, but they were commenting on the atmosphere and, and the difference it made. So uh, it, was, it was, I was sad to not be a part of it. Yeah, it was It was a good day. And like I say, everyone was up for it. And I thought we, we started well. And to be fair, when you look back on it, just Liverpool just played a really clever game and Klopp's a annoyingly is a, a very clever manager they're quite happy for us to have possession and try and go at them but then just exploit it and they've got so much pace and ability up front that it was you could just sort of see it coming but i'll tell you something i hate condescending liverpool fans yes. or anyone in that group any of them fans in that stupid six or whatever the hell they're called but i got this this uh lad who i work with and he came and he was like yeah got a bit of a lesson on it for you on uh sunday wasn't it I was like, what are you on about? A bit, bit of a lesson, you know. They've shown you what to do. We will always exploit that. We'll always. I was like, that's the first time you beat us in in three games, and like, but you know, we will always have success against you doing that kind of thing because put a few passes together and we get through it. And the better teams like us are always going to do that. I was like, but you didn't do that, and not, you know, we were unbeaten against the sick note six or whatever the stupid idiots are called last season. I hate like smug people with a incorrect rhetoric that come in. And I was like, you didn't play for them. You've never played for them. So shut up and get out of my office. <laughs> there is there is just something there. I, I know that they think we're vile, which is fine. But yeah, well, I'll tell you what they are. They are entitled. Yeah, they are. And they're just, they're just very irritating. And uh, we've talked about it before, haven't we? In private, on podcasts that you've guested on, <laughs> there are certain people on it that are just in the way that they talk to you about their club. It's kind of... I was sadly unable to make an appearance on that podcast last week due to scheduling. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if they listen to this. If they do, I'm more than willing to come on again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But let's talk about the, obviously, the the incident that changed the afternoon because at that point we're still in the game. Rodrigo getting taken off at halftime. Is that what you're thinking? Because we were, <sighs> yeah. it was, it was only one nil at that point. You could argue taking him off was a bad choice. Well, I know you want to talk about Rodrigo and I think Rodrigo is a big, big talking point for a lot of people, but let's, let's talk about the sending off and we've talked about VAR and other bits already tonight. So all I'm getting, so I'm in the car and I get a text saying, been a sending off. It was a horror tackle or, or a horror freak injury. And and I think based on the information that I had was freak injury, red card for a tackle. And you go, yeah, that sounds about right. But that seems like what the referee's done. Oh, bad injury, red card. They didn't even give a free kick. Yeah. I mean, at the time we had a really good view of it happen. And I turned to my sister and just said immediately, who sits next to me, I said, he's definitely broken something that looks absolutely horrific. And you could see uh, Mo Salah's face and, and the bench, just the way everyone was reacting. And I think Junior Firpo went over to him and sort of comforted him whilst uh, Harvey Elliott, whilst it was all going on, and which I thought was admirable because 
I would have just run out of the ground if I was on the pitch near that, I think. It just from where we were and everyone said it and everyone applauded it was it was a great challenge by strike and uh and I think Liverpool were accepting of it. No one no one um called for a free kick. It was, you know, the game played on. It was only because Mo Salah was obviously screaming and the bench came running on that that it was it was stopped. So um yeah, it was I mean everyone's throwing around the word innocuous, but it was that you see that challenge, that type of challenge, so often, and no one comes away from it with anything. And there's never ever really a, a free kick either. So it was just oh. one of the one of those incidents where Paul Ladd, um, he's come off really bad. I think we're saying it long enough after it that that the debate is kind of gone. The the reality is Harvey Elliott has come out and said never a red card. I, I was really unlucky. Move on. I'll yeah, be back. Exactly. Which is, um, which is, I love the honesty. You've got to admire him holding his hands up and saying that. And then we've appealed it. That's where we're at right now. So you would think there would be massive uproar if they don't overturn it, given that the player that has actually had his ankle or leg broken or whatever it, the injury is, has turned around and said that. So let's see what happens. Watch this space. Rodrigo is not doing it for you, is he, James? Rodrigo... I have no doubt is a brilliant striker, but whatever we're trying to do in the number 10 position is not working. It didn't work against crew. And at that point it should have stopped, but for whatever reason, it's still happening. Well, I know the reason Bielsa and he does know way more than me and you and any other fan that has this point of view that Rodrigo probably has potential in that position, but how long is it going to take? It's at a point where now we're in a position where actually a result against Newcastle is massive. And a lot of that pressure, I think, is possibly coming from from that area of the field. So it just needs to be sorted. And I feel for him because it must be frustrating him that he, all he wants to do is play and all he wants to do is perform well in that position. It's not like he's trying to perform badly, but for whatever reason, it's just not working. And I feel I feel bad for Robin Cock at the moment because uh, like his... He's biggest, hurt his pubis. His biggest involvement this season... Is modelling a lilac verge kit. <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah, I met someone last week who told me their favourite player was Robin Cock. I was like, why? Like, look at him. I was like, oh, fair enough. <laughs> so he's a good-looking gent. Yeah, can't can't deny it. But I want to have a good look at him on a football pitch because we're if uh, if our friends at the FA decide that um, strike was reckless and endangered an an opponent by uh, whatever his right leg did, then we're down to a Liam Cooper, Luke Aileen centre-back combination, aren't we? And we're having to, we're we're stretched if we can't get our big friendly hairy guy in the centre of defence. When do we find out about Pascal? (laughs) It's gone after, well, this is Tuesday night. There's two days before the game so well three days but daytime days so it's going to be soon it's, it's really soon. it's really harsh that as well isn't it because that casts a massive shadow over you being able to prepare for a game because it's you're doing all your drills in the week in preparation for that match and who which which player are you doing them with who who are yeah. you working with it's it, yeah it's a big headache one that we don't need going into this game to be honest no regardless of the result it's disruptive and it's 
It is it is unnecessary and it is unfortunate. But actually, we should be absolutely raging about this, shouldn't we? That he should never have been sent off at the time. This is what it comes back to. You know, it's the discomfort of us not being able to prepare for a really important, vital game comes mm. from a stupid refereeing de- decision that was possibly, you know, goaded by Klopp and 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 the fourth official. It, it was it was emotive. It was an emotive decision rather than one based on the the logic of what happened in front of him. Yeah, exactly. So, and what's again, it comes back to the very first thing that we talked about at the start of the podcast, which is what is the point in VAR? Well, yeah. It didn't even what it is didn't, the point. Well, I mean, it wasn't even used. So in in a situation like that with such a a, a horrendous injury. Why wasn't it used? Because surely this should have been the thing. Right. He's badly injured. I'm going to have a word. Right. I didn't see that as a foul. Can you have a look at it? Yeah, you're right. It wasn't a foul. Unfortunately, he's caught himself on the turf as he's gone down and it's caused him a lot of pain. He reached out with a drop ball, get him off, get a new player on. That's it. Exactly. So That that should be cleared up in a far less time than it takes to sadly stretch a Harvey Elliott off the field of play. And now we're going into our next game, overstretched, not sure who's going to play, how do we prepare for it? So I, I like going into the Newcastle game and, and, and beyond this, I said before when we we'll talk about Dan James, he's you, he's come in to somewhere where he's wanted. He's Surely he's not ahead of Rafinha or Jack Harrison. Do you, so where's he going to be utilised because he started three games for, for them at the start of the season he's not going to come here to not want to start games why do you go to a team that's not in Europe where there's less competitions to be involved in to be further down the pecking order come on come on. well everything every player that comes to Leeds especially if they're of importance then they've cost an awful lot of money comes with a pitch from Victor Orta and that pitch from Victor Orta says this is where we see you fitting into the team and that is obviously agreed with Marcelo Bielsa as well so I wouldn't be surprised if there is a plan to move our forwards around and maybe there's a longer term plan given that the conversation we've had about Rodrigo that he's not going to play in that position he will be a Patrick Bamford backup Rafinha might slop in uh, slop. Rafinha might slot into a a number ten position, and then all of a sudden you've got a position out wide for a Dan James. So, but yeah, I think there's a there's a bit of a longer term play by Bielsa with this. Brilliant. So looking forward to Newcastle. It's going to be good to get back on the road. Got to be exciting. Friday night game. You got a ticket. Up. Yep. Oh, yeah. it's about time you showed up to a game, really, isn't it? So, haven't watched any yet. <laughs> As I said, we were very good against Everton <laughs> and I'm taking a lot out of that. So uh, I haven't not done a podcast because you're a fake well, I haven't fan. Done a podcast. I just haven't done a podcast since I last watched a late game of Leeds United football in its entirety on my retina. So <laughs> I'm excited for it, but it's got a big game feel. It's a uh, bit of a basement battle. You say basement battle, but it's also uh, in the rafters. Because you're pretty high up there as well, aren't you? I know. I was talking to my dad about it, and he said he when he he went on a stadium tour at St James's Park, and they said that they put them up there because obviously it's furthest furthest point away from the pitch, but you get the wind hit, hitting you off the North Sea, 
And so it makes the fans as miserable and as quiet as is possible. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. I've never been to St. James's Park to watch Leeds in a competitive fixture. I've been to see, I've been up there though. I've been up there. I watched Swansea beat them with a, yeah. I was in the Swansea away end. It's weird. I, th- <laughs> I think we've talked about this before. I know. And I still don't know why you did it and you probably don't either. Well, I do, but it's a long, boring story, but it, but I did get a good Wilfred Boney chant out of it. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's go and beat Newcastle. Rocco sent me a message the other day and he oh, yeah. said, The Rock. Rocco Dean of that best author on the street while you're finding it, can I take a moment to thank anybody who sponsored me for the Great North Run, including including Mr. Rocco. Ah, that's it. What a good lad. I don't think I sponsored you. Is there still time? There's still time. Mid-October. Still time for anyone. There you go. We'll post it on social. I'll I'll give you a donation. So, yeah, sorry. I don't even know why I had to search for this, but Rocco simply asked me, we off down, mate. Really? After the result, yeah. I get it. After a result, a bad result, you do... You know, and we haven't we haven't had a, a, a victory in the Premier League yet this season. Ugly thoughts creeping, and <laughs> and I think um, we've all you all sort of question that a little bit. But I don't know. I think you can't make signing like Dan James and and look at our overall squad and 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 say that there are not three teams that are weaker than us. Uh, throughout the, the the entire period of the season, so no, you would absolutely hope not. And there aren't there are many more teams that have got a worse manager as well. So we've got to stick with it. I think the longer it goes on, obviously, then the doubts creep in, and 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 it becomes a psychological thing. But for now, you can rationalise it and go right. Three of those fixtures, you would always expect to struggle perhaps we underachieved against Burnley but equally get a point away at a team who's in and around where you want to be the others are look we don't have as many points as we could have we're equally possibly lucky to have any points <laughs> so so let's uh, we need to move on to the next game and yeah. hopefully it'll pick up from there I do like all the arguments around like the table at the minute because it's almost irrelevant I saw someone earlier saying yeah, but you know, you look at the table and it's three teams that are up the top that beat that beat us. So what does that tell you? It's like, well, they're at the top because they beat us <laughs> at yeah. this stage of the season. So That's exactly what it tells you. So you can't worry about it too much, you know. It's and yes, there is a bit of pressure on Newcastle, but it's not massive. Like we just got to go there and do the best and hope that we see improvement somewhere. How we've started so far. Right, well, thank you very much for listening to us, if you have listened, and apologies that we've not been about a little bit sooner, but we've had a good run through the last month or so there, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. Don't need us every week. Stop being so needy. I need us every week. I enjoy I, it. I enjoy it. I have missed it, and hopefully this is us back on form, like our team. What, relegation zone? <laughs> Don't say that. Right, until next time. Enjoy.
Social Podcast Network.